And Psalms 121, it says, where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. Your help can only come from God. Your help will not come from any crystal sage. Your, your help is not going to come from man, but your help is going to come from God. Purposely choose to live a life full of your God-given purpose. Living on full means you accomplish everything God has destined for you to fulfill. Join us as we discuss everything concerning finding, understanding, and walking in your God-given purpose. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Flo. Welcome to the Living Purposefully Show. I am your host, joined by my lovely Dom Naomi. What's up, y'all? All right, y'all. Before we even get into the topics today, did you get your book? Did you get your Living Purposefully Did you get your book? book? And we're not going to ask you again, <laughs> right? Listen, um, please, testimonies are coming in about this book. So link is in the description box. Um, as a reminder, the topics we talk about here on the show coincides with the chapters in the book. So go ahead, get your copy of the book. Trust me, it's going to be life transforming. And let me tell you all something. Even as I'm sitting here doing the show with Flo in real time, I'm learning so much from her. Sometimes I have to catch myself and be like, I'm on the show, like it's recording, it's live, so I can't just sit here speechless. But the book, y'all, it will change your life. Thank you, Doc. And I'm not just saying that because I'm sitting across from her. I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, love. All right, y'all, we're going to hop into the topics for today. Um, we're talking about spiritual stamina. If you cannot go a long stretch without staying on fire spiritually, mm. you're going to get into some hurdles that you can't hop out of. Right. Um, a lot of people, they'll go through seasons where, not even a lot of people, people in general, right? Um, we will have seasons where we are on fire spiritually. Like we got the desire to pray, to worship and, you know, to seek the presence of God and do all these things. But there it's are not like that all the time. Exactly. There are going to be some seasons where it feels like, ugh, like you're pushing, right? you know, to do what it is that you got to do. Um, and here's the issue with that is the spiritual realm controls everything with the with the natural so if your life starts falling behind spiritually it's going to affect you naturally mm. so if you neglect the spiritual side and you start focusing on okay let me go to work let me try to pay the bills let me try to push my business you're let me exercise you're trying to do all these things but if the spiritual side is neglecting it's going to affect the work that you're doing so if you want the most out of what you're doing naturally to push yourself uh, to make a better life for yourself and your family you got to make sure that spiritually you are up there and it's crazy because we see um right now that people actually do the opposite of that mm. we fight so hard to make sure our natural lives are intact mm. not knowing that making sure our spiritual life our relationship with god if we would make sure that that was, you know, exactly standing right, the natural side of life wouldn't be so hard. Exactly. It will make way. So this is not to say that you're just spiritual and then you don't got to do nothing naturally. Right. But we got to work, but we, gotta, we need that spiritual side too. Mm. And so, Dom, I'm going to talk about spiritual stamina. So how could we stay alive spiritually when we go through those seasons that we fluctuate up and down or it's hard to pray, it's hard to seek God's face? What do we do? And our good old man, David, in the Bible gave us a solution for that. In Psalms 122, verse 1, it says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, this is David speaking. And he's saying, I rejoice when people said to me, let's wow. go to the house of the Lord. Now, it's not that he didn't know 
what the importance of God's presence. This is a man that the Bible said was after God's heart. So he knew how to seek the face of God for himself. He didn't need anyone else to draw him to the presence of God. He knew how to go straight to God. He knew how to fast and fast. He knew how to lament and submit himself before God. But yet this man, right, who God favors and who has experiences with God, he says he rejoices when other people tell him, let's go to the house of the Lord. Wow. That means that there is something there with having other people around you that can encourage you to go to church. And it's so funny that you said all those things about David, because even as a man that is literally labeled the one that is after God's mm-hmm. own heart, he still recognized the mm-hmm. need to be surrounded yes. with people that would bring him to the house of the Lord. Exactly. Wow. There are going to be times where you just you just try. You, you, you're trying to pray and it's not like you don't want to. You want to pray. But when you go into your prayer time, it's you're dragging. You don't feel like that connection, like that intense desire to to pray or that intense desire to worship. There are certain seasons once we go um, to start doing spiritual stuff, we feel the presence of God so strong. And it's like whatever we're doing is constantly in the back of our mind. But there are times where the distractions of life come. You get so busy trying to accomplish certain things or fulfill things, or maybe you're dealing with problems. I mean, it would be amazing if life was so easy that we didn't have troubles that we had to deal with. But unfortunately, there are times where you're going to deal with certain things or you're trying to uh, get things together that the spiritual side starts to lack. You don't have that intense desire to seek God's face. When you go into prayer, it feels boring. It's it feels true. like, what's going on? Come on, you got to <laughs> say it because people think that like prayer is something that you're going to enjoy all the time, and it's, it's literally, it's not. You're going to have those low seasons. Yeah. So in those times, you need someone that's going to encourage you to go to church. You need someone that's going to say, come on, let's, let's, let's go into God's presence together. And you know what happens when you are in the house of the Lord? When you see someone else worshiping. When someone else is praying or just the atmosphere itself in the house. Even hearing testimonies. There we go. It encourages you. It boosts you. By the time you hear someone testifying of what God did for them, it boosts you to say, oh, my gosh, God could do it for me, too. By the time you see the person next to you praying and worshiping, it's going to fuel your fire to pray and worship as well. And there's a certain atmosphere in the church Right. See, this is what people don't understand, because you'll say I can worship at home. But what you don't have at home is that atmosphere. That's so true. There are times where when you don't feel like praying, you don't feel like worshiping. When you go into the church, the atmosphere that is already in the church, that's already saturated with the presence Mm -hmm. of God. The minute you walk in there. It boosts you back up. So you're going deep now because people are going to say like, so what is this atmosphere that you're talking Mm. about? I thought that God was everywhere. What do you mean by atmosphere? Can you let people know what that is? Oh, powerful, right? God is certainly everywhere, but he's where he is welcome, where his presence is drawn. Mm. When we enter the house of the Lord, the angels of God who are in the presence of God, they are there. They stay there. So by the time I get there, the presence of God is already there. Um, the presence of God is everywhere, but when you first walk into a house, does that mean God, you feel God into the house? That's so true. Um, the presence of God is everywhere, but when you went to the, the restaurant, was the presence of God there? The only way you're going to feel the presence of God really like that anywhere you go is if you're carrying that strong presence for yourself. 
My God. So now if I'm in a season where I am feeling low spiritually and I need someone to back me up, that means where I'm going, I'm not carrying that strong presence. I need to go somewhere to get my battery refilled and charged up. And this is how I see church. Church is not supposed to be a place that we just go, okay, we just doing church every day. But no, it is there to recharge our battery. My phone, my iPad that I'm using right now, I can't go a long amount of time without charging it. Right. There comes a time where it starts to die. And when my phone is dying, my iPad is dying, what do we do? We plug it into the wall so it can recharge and get rebooted back up. And it's the same thing with ourselves spiritually, with our spiritual lives. When we start to go down throughout the whole week, you got so many different things pulling on you. You go to work, there's somebody probably bothering you there. You're using up your virtues. You're using up your patience. You have other family members who are pulling on you spiritually. You have friends who are pulling on you spiritually so without you knowing it through the day throughout the week as you keep giving out you keep going low you keep going low because you're giving out but when you go into the house of the lord it is like you are plugging yourself to the wall and you're recharging yourself back up my goodness and that is how we survive that's how we have we build spiritual stamina that's one way is to have a community around us and that when we are low they can help to bring us back up that's powerful so what would you say to the people where they're like i don't need to go to church right god is in me mm -hmm. what, what do you say to those folks indeed god is in you but dom according to ephesians 4 verse 11 to 12 it says so christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. It said Christ himself <laughs> gave these things. All right, let's pause. Christ gave apostles, teachers, pastors. It's not like men came and put these things together, but God himself gave us these people to help us. It's the verse says to build us up. So when you say you don't need church, you mean to tell me you know better than God. Mm. When you tell me you don't need a pastor, you don't need a teacher, you don't need a, a spiritual mentor, a spiritual covering, then you know better than God. It is like you're saying that the system that God has established to help us get to the place that we are supposed to be spiritually, you know better than God and you don't need it. And you see something that you said, the system that God has established. And I think sometimes people forget that God is orderly. He's a very like systematic God. He mm. does things with intention. Mm. Right. So when we try to put God in our own understanding and, and our own, you know, you're trying to say like perception of him, like we miss it all the time. That's true. So as humble, as mighty as David was, look at his humility to know that mm. he had to be around other people. But then you have everyday common people that feel so prided to think mm. that they don't have to go to church. Mm. And not knowing that this is something solemnly to help you. Help God has place these people here he's built the church just to help us grow Amen. so you got to take full advantage of that you know there are a lot of people where they feel like um i'm okay i'm okay spiritually yeah I, i'm not going to church right now but i feel like my life is okay you just don't know what's underneath the surface don't know. It's you don't know what's what's really affecting you um there's a lot of people it is the prayers of other people that is holding you up right so we got to get to a place where we are maintaining a spiritual connection with God on the long run. Because the moment we disconnect ourselves, I want you to look at it like this, that 
there are information, there's intel that you're not getting in that moment. Mm. Because when we are connected to God, we are constantly receiving intel from him Amen. on the next step to take, the next place to go, the next move to make. But w when you disconnect yourself or when you go through those seasons and you go down spiritually, how are you going to receive those intel? So it is imperative that we maintain spiritual stamina, not that we are hot on fire in one season and another season we're dry and low, but we got to make sure that we maintain that stability to remain constant with God, that we're not just on fire sometimes, but we are always on fire. And one way to do that is to have a community that is surrounding you, that is going to be able to encourage you and build you up. That's all for the Kingdom Principles today, y'all. We about to hop into Culture versus Christianity. What's up, y'all? On this week's segment of Culture versus Christianity, we are going to be talking about crystals, sage, tarot cards, and evil eyes. These are all the things that we see prevalent in culture today, right? This is something. Yeah. So I looked up the word, the meaning of the word stamina, and it says the ability to, su to sustain a prolonged effort. Mm -hmm. So... Everyone, I believe, is looking for some sort, something that's higher than themselves, something that's bigger than themselves. And a lot of people have not come to the understanding that it's the Lord, it's God, Amen. the one true God. And, you know, they, they, they deviate to other things. Again, like I mentioned, crystals, sage, tarot cards, and evil eyes. People are relying on these things to consistently keep going. And the wild part about it is... You know, God, he sustains himself, the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. But crystals, tarot cards, sage, these are all things that other human beings make with their hands. Mm -hmm. And these are things that people are relying on for protection. Mm. It's crazy to me. And uh, what, what people have to understand is that how can those things really protect you? Like, if it's just a crystal, if it's sage, like, how is that really going to do something for you? So it must be tied to something else. You're probably going to get into it. <laughs> it must be tied to something else. It has to be tied to something else because an inanimate object cannot protect you. Come on now. Right? It cannot protect you. It cannot do anything. All these things are actually checkpoints for demons. Mm. And you're giving them legal rights, legal access to enter into your space when you wear an evil eye bracelet around your arm, when you're saging out your house to mm -hmm. ward off bad vibes. Mm -hmm. Like, these things are not protecting anything because an evil spirit cannot cast out an evil spirit. Come on now. An evil spirit can only be eradicated by way of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's right. right? And what people have to understand, Dom, an evil spirit... What puts out a spirit is another spirit. Mm -hmm. So when I sage, I'm using incense, what I'm doing is I'm inviting a bigger spirit to draw out that spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I drew out one spirit, but now I'm stuck with one even bigger. Okay. So back in the day, I used to be, just a really quick segue, I used to be a flight attendant. And I remember they would send us to this hotel in Atlantic City. My goodness. They would have people from like 1920 on the wall. I would just be in the room scared. And this is when I first started walking with Christ. I'm just in the room scared. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I didn't understand the power of prayer. Right. Right? So um, I started coming to church more. And then one thing that I began to realize is, oh, I could plead the blood of Jesus wherever I go. Amen. I'm telling you, I started pleading the blood. I didn't have anything on me, just me and my Bible and pleading the blood. Every time that I went there from, from that day forward, I just invited the presence of God and the room was straight. I didn't have to sage. I didn't have to do any of that stuff, mm. right? And I want to talk about something that I see people wearing a lot right now, um, which is the evil eye. You know, the blue eye that everybody has. And 
it's become like a like a fashion statement, like a commonplace, right? Where you'll see it on people's bracelets, you'll see it on people's phone cases, you'll see people adorn themselves with it, whether it be through earrings or necklaces. Like it's become more of like a fashion piece now. Mm-hmm. And people, I remember I had, I knew somebody and I said, why are you wearing that when the origins of it is not good? And the person told me, well, it, is, it doesn't mean that to me. Mm. And I'm like, sis, it don't matter what it means to you. Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. Yeah. So whether or not it means something to you, it will still affect you. It will still affect you. So I'm like, it don't matter what meaning you put on it. It's the right. meaning that it has, the original meaning that you need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So I want to say this. I looked up the, um, the meaning of evil eye, and the evil eye is a supernatural belief in a curse brought on about by a malevolent glare, usually given to a person when one is unaware. So that means like oh somebody's walking by you and they just look at you, you know, like menacingly, like, or whatever. So they're putting a curse on you just My by God. looking on you, looking at you. So that's what the original meaning of an evil eye is, mm-hmm. right? The bracelet is just like a, a form of like idolatry, like a, you know, a physical thing that people could see. But the meaning of it is a stare putting on a curse, putting a curse on someone. And the evil eye dates back to 6th century BC, where it was on drinking vessels for the Chaldean um, like dynasty. Mm-hmm. And um, they would put it on their cups as a form of protective magic. So it's called protective mm-hmm. magic. This is the origins. So right now, like I said, it's from BC, right? Mm -hmm. Back in the day, way back, back in the day. So now this is the original meaning of it and what it was used for. Mm -hmm. And now we have people today giving it a whole different meaning, right? Mm -hmm. That that this thing is literally called protective magic. Mm -hmm. And don't you see Christian people wearing the evil eye and all that as well too and talking about it's just fashion? Mm. It's just for bad vibes. And I want to, I want to, there's something that you said so powerful earlier. All we need is the blood of Jesus. Um, I even, I have a testimony myself too of being at work. It was on Halloween and I was at work and there were two ladies there. One lady, she blatantly said she's a witch. Wow. And the other one, she said that her, her friend's family, they're a witch, they're witches and they were going to hang out for the weekend. Um, something was so interesting when one of the when the lady who said that she was a witch, she was standing right next to me, and she was getting ready to touch me. There's no way you just told me you're a witch and you show me your tattoo of of you of a, a woman on a broom and now you want to touch me. Who in not, the world? Do not touch <laughs> me. And she was about to touch me, and as as I'm standing next to her, I began to speak fire in the name of Jesus. Wow. I was like, fire in the name of Jesus. And I say, the blood of Jesus, you better not touch me. Guess what? She went close, and she she drew back. Wow. She drew back. Just that simple. Just that simple. I began to speak fire in that atmosphere. <laughs> and I began to plead the blood of Jesus. Do not touch me. Do not get close to me. And believe me, Dom, she was about to touch me. And she drew her hand back. So we don't even need those things as protection. Like the evil eye, the sage, the incense. We got something that is more powerful than it all. The blood of Jesus. We got the great I am. The greatest one of them all. The only one, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't need to put your trust, again, in inanimate objects Mm -hmm. that are actually checkpoints for demons to do anything for you. Because you can only eradicate spirit, like you said, by spirit. Yes. And a spirit that is greater. And the one that is the greatest is the, the Holy Spirit. The great Can I am. Can we get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. hallelujah. It's the great <laughs> I am. So culture will tell you to sustain yourself, you have to burn sage. Mm-hmm. You have to let somebody pull a card on you. You have to put on all these beads and whatever. 
And the word of God says, just trust in me. Come on. Just trust in me. Come on. Amen. 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 <laughs> word of encouragement for today is from Hebrews 4, verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When you're feeling low and you need that help, that strength, there's only one place it's going to come from, and that is from the Lord. Approach boldly to his throne. Don't shy away. It doesn't matter what happened or what you feel like you did, that you are not worthy of the presence of God. In those times, seek God's face even more. The enemy, the master deceiver, likes to make people feel like they are unworthy of God's presence. They want to make you feel like you just sinned and you can't go to the presence of God. They want to make you feel like, oh, you're not holy. You live a certain lifestyle. How can you go to the house of God? How can you go and pray? But that is a lie from the devil. But I want to encourage you that no matter how you're feeling, no matter what season it can be, especially during those little times, approach to the throne of God because he will give you grace so that you will be able to find the help that you need to keep moving forward. And Psalms 121, it says, where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. Your help can only come from God. Your help will not come from any crystal sage. Your, your help is not going to come from man, but your help is going to come from God. Don't put your trust and your confidence in anyone else other than God because he is the one that can sustain you. He is the one that can help you. He is the one that can push you forward. Thank you for watching here with us today. Y'all be blessed. Until next time, peace.